for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Thursday, February 23rd, 2012, episode 23 of Attack of the Androids. My name's Matt. With me, got a great cast. Of course, sans one guy. Where's Jeremy, guys? Uh-oh. We were put him on a milk carton. Anyway, we got he Seth. lost in the woods of Vermont next to the Ben and Jerry's factory. <laughs> we got Joey. What's up, Joey? How are we doing tonight, everybody? And I am the guy with the shirt that says Body by Ben and Jerry's. Nice. <laughs> Seth, what's up, man? Be here, Matt. Hey, uh, Eric, how's it going, bud? Um, well, I just vomited thinking about Joey wearing that shirt, but other than that, I'm doing great. Fantastic. You're welcome. Good to have you guys all here <laughs> once a week. Uh, recorded on Thursdays, of course, released on Fridays, usually on attackoftheandroids.com. Check us out over on groovypost.com. We've had some really good Android. You know, I was getting kind of bummed out seeing all the Mac stuff on there. I was like, come on, Android guys. We got to tip the tip the tables a little bit here and just piece after piece coming out over there check it out guys groovypost.com click mobile click android and you'll see all of our our groovy writing but um we'll start the show off talking about this little interesting uh piece of software you guys know what ubuntu is a lovely little distro of uh, the nicks if you will now because we have dual core devices which is basically i mean my desktop that we're recording on is not even near a dual core device, you know? And so we have these in our phones now. So why can't we use the phone just like we used to do back in the day with the terminals, right? Your, all your terminals would connect to one server that was running your screen and you could do all your stuff. That's basically this idea. You have your phone that runs everything and then you can plug it into a monitor and a keyboard and boom, there's your full Ubuntu desktop. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, Bogdan Bailey wrote yeah, about it over there on GroovyPost.com. What do you think, Eric? We started seeing a lot of this, like especially after um, like the Atrix came out. When you started seeing these devices that integrated with like WebTop or uh, like with the Transformer, how you have a keyboard, um, a lot of people were just like, "Oh, well." You well, know, let's this is not. Kind of weak. Why don't I just put an actual operating system on there? Let's not forget about the very first one. Wasn't that Lenovo X3, where it was a, a netbook of sorts, but you could pop the screen out and it turned into Android and it would continue your browsing sessions and all that. But it, I didn't think it ever came out, or if it did, it totally flopped because I didn't hear much about it after its cool announcement, and I drooled over it for you know a couple weeks, but. It seemed like that was the first idea, and then the Atrix came out, and it was like, look, you can buy this $150 attachment for your phone and turn it into a little laptop of sorts. And, and now we're seeing it like we have the primes that you can dock with keyboards. It's all about, I think, combining your devices into, like we've mentioned on previous shows, just being able to carry one device that does it all. If I want this to be my game console, I go HDMI into a big screen. I have my Galaxy Nexus as a controller. There we go. What do you want to play? Sonic CD? That's fine. And now with this, you can plug in a real keyboard, a real monitor, 
It has a real office suite, real word processing. Like these are no more just devices of consumption. Now we're able to produce as well. And that's great. Well, I got to say, um, being one of, I think, two of us that are regular Linux users, um, the reaction in general to the latest version of uh, Ubuntu has been, I think, generally negative. Um, it's got a new desktop interface that's a radical departure from from the previous one. Um, it it's It doesn't even remotely act the same. And I know that at least two of my users were radically thrown off by the new look. Now, Joey, um, are they doing what, what Microsoft was kind of trying to do and kind of design towards a more tablet-like interface? Is that what they did with it? I haven't messed with well, it yet. Well, I, I think what they did with it was was make a move. Um, the My understanding, and this is not necessarily entirely accurate, I'll, I'll, I'll put that disclaimer on it, but my understanding was there was a lot of friction between the GNOME 2 uh, or the GNOME development team and Ubuntu's or Canonical's Ubuntu development team in that the, the Canonical folks wanted to put enhancements into the GNOME environment to make GNOME work better for their application and GNOME wanted to remain either pure or they or they didn't want to accept their changes into their into their code stream so uh, or their code base excuse me um And there was some friction there. So rather than continue to fight with them, um, Canonical made the decision that they were going to develop a different desktop. And I think that they wrote this one wholly themselves. At least it started that way. Um, And because of that, it broke a lot of the things that previously worked so well in Ubuntu. I mean, Ubuntu 10.04 LTS, long-term support, is, in my opinion, the Linux distro right now for desktop use um it, it it's th- there is nothing out there that is any better there is nothing out there that is any more widely supported and in linux as fragmented as it is and as many different distros as there are to have one distro kind of universally regarded as the one to use is rare and i and i i'm confident saying that 10.04 uh may go down in history as the last uh, super popular uh, Ubuntu for at least the next couple of years. Um, that having been said, all of the work that they've put into that desktop interface now makes a little bit more sense in that they now have the control over that code base completely, and now they can get it to size for any resolution or uh, 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 or um, oh help me out here screen size. Um, Screen size, well, that's resolution, but um, I was thinking any... Uh, um, well, no, resolution is different than actual screen size, isn't it? Are you talking like ratio? Ratio, yeah, thank that's, you, Seth. Yes, sorry. The, 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 you can get it to, to go for any ratio that you need to fit it onto whatever device you need. Right. And and because they now have full control over that code base, it does make the the new OS uh, a little bit uh, make a little bit more sense, as does the uh, canonical uh, almost app store type thing that they have called the Ubuntu uh, Software Center. Um, that's very app store like. They've got a music store as well. Um, all of this kind of is starting to make sense. And even the newest interface, which if you look at the article on uh, groovypost.com about this, uh, there there is a, if you look on the left-hand side, it looks very point and clicky. 
uh, like you could reach out and touch it. It's metro. And that's, it's like, and that's how I think that's how how it was meant. I think that was the intent, and I think that a lot of us um, that are used to the non-touch interface missed that uh, when we were all looking at the at the interface and complaining about it. Um, and I'm wondering if this may be long term a better move for Canonical than uh, than I had previously thought because of the short term implications of the desktop. This might be the first uh, move to the to a longer term strategy with bringing mobile into the picture. And if that's the case, then Canonical is actually ahead of the game, and I've underestimated them. That's interesting. Yeah. It'll be cool. I, think that, I mean, if you're if you're gonna try to run Ubuntu on a like on a tablet or on an Android device, Unity is gonna like the the current you know uh, user interface is in my opinion the best choice. So yeah, I think they are a little bit ahead of the game on there because I would hate running. Uh, I used to love GNOME, like I I ran GNOME on everything, but mm. even given the choice of switching between GNOME and Unity, uh, when I use Ubuntu day to day, I still go with Unity. And See, I, I just revert. I couldn't imagine trying to do that. Yeah, I, I still revert to to uh, to GNOME. Um, I'm I'm actually installing fresh installs of 10.04 uh, because it has GNOME on it, rather than putting people onto Unity. Uh, I think one one of the big complaints with Unity um, is that unfortunately I don't know if it's it's just the nature of the beast or the way or some specific work uh, thing they've written into the code, but it's definitely bogged down by single core machines, particularly those with integrated graphics. Um, if you have those two things, a single core machine, integrated gra- graphics, like a laptop, for instance, that doesn't have a very heavy duty graphics card, the, the Unity interface bogs that machine down incredibly. Uh, the same machine will run a lot slower than when you compare it to 10.04 because I, I've done a few upgrades and that was the, the general consensus was that it brought the machine down and, so and made it slower. What you can't turn that off? Is it like it's it's on all the time type of thing? You, or can you go You can in there turn and... it down. You can turn down the 3D acceleration. You can right. do that. That, but even once that's done, it it's just still... seems like it hesitates. Right, okay. Huh. And it shouldn't. Well, um, it, what I think is going to be more interesting with this, Joey, is when so when, when, when they start getting into, like there was a Ubuntu TV that was just announced, yep. which I think is looking to do a lot of the same things that Google is trying to do with Google TV. So, I mean, there's I think there's going to be in the future a lot more comparisons between uh, Google Apple and then bringing in Canonical if they can, you know, manage to kick this thing off right. Um, when it comes to sort of these, maybe not necessarily mobile, but um, you know, these uh, these things that are running mobile operating systems, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start seeing Ubuntu become more and more part of that conversation. And I think you're right. Um, I, I think that, but but let me, if I might, just counter. Um, just slightly, um, there's a, a a widely held opinion amongst uh, the automotive world. Now, this is going to get a little automotive-y. Sorry, guys. Uh, but the that uh, a, a company that's long since out of business called Studebaker um, produced some of the best cars with some of the newest and most interesting features that anybody in the auto industry in the U.S. was coming out with at the time. And the problem was is that those, because they were the first out to the block, were often very expensive add-ons, and they were often ahead of the game. And because they were ahead of the game, there was no market for what they were trying to sell. So being ahead doesn't necessarily 
equal success is my thought. Um, just a little food for thought. Well, and we've seen that with the whole Android iOS thing. I mean, iOS was clearly first, but because of how closed in one device, one OS they were, Android kind of took advantage with being able to go on a ton of different handsets from low end to high end. And even though they weren't first, they kind of started to pull ahead there for a while. Seth, Precisely. Seth, what do you think? You use Ubuntu at all, or no? I'm, not, I'm definitely not a Linux expert, so I'm gonna sort of. I mean, I, I've defer to installed the... it like on a, with a CD, and I played around with it. But I'm sorry, I'm a Windows guy. DSL <laughs> was the very first. I thought that was the coolest thing that you could have damn small Linux on a C. You could just have a CD that you could put into basically any computer, and voila, there you were. I thought that was the coolest concept ever. <laughs> And, and but that's not really Android uh, e. So it will be once Android gets put on desktops, which look like uh, wasn't Google looking into some uh, some of that. And I mean above and beyond what we just mentioned with uh, the Ubuntu for, I mean Android itself actually being on on desktop systems. Yeah, but that's well, interesting. Has X eighty six support now, doesn't it? Uh, if not, it's so coming. like they can support. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, we talked about that. What was it, two or three episodes ago? That the, yep. that had hit the wire that uh, Android was now being released for the x86 platform. Yep. All right. So to wrap this up, Bogdan uh, he says that this uses the same kernel Android does, and the specs it needs are uh, of a beefy Android smartphone. Like we said, the dual cores, at least. Uh, probably you'd prefer something quad core, maybe Tegra. If 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 Ubuntu, do we know if that takes advantage of the Tegra chips? Is is it working on that yet? I don't know. Do you know her? Yeah. The um. So I'm trying to remember. So uh, for the uh, the folks that came out with the uh, Clockwork mod for Prime, uh, have also shown that they have like a mostly working version of uh, um, both CM9 and Ubuntu that they're probably going to be releasing soon. And I thought they said that it that it was taking advantage of uh, of the cores, but I. Very nice. We'll need to look that up. So speaking of, you wrote, uh, let's kind of shift gears a little bit. You wrote something about the uh, Prime. You finally got yours. Did you have yours last episode or you were waiting for it, right? Or did oh, you... the Prime? Yeah. yeah I, I, did you I have it in your hands? Maybe like the past two episodes. Oh, okay. So you, you wrote about uh, how to get that thing unlocked, get the bootloader unlocked, and uh, get some, some CMR on there, some clockwork mod recovery. How'd that go? That was interesting. Jeff, you, um, you have a good time you know, there. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> I think that most people, when they're gonna, this is like the easiest, uh, one of the easiest unlocking, uh, you know, things that I've ever dealt with because Asus basically just made an APK, like a little program that you install, open, and then you just like check a couple of boxes uh, saying yes, you can basically revoke my entire warranty and disown me and you know do you think maybe that's pretty heavy man do you think losing a warranty on a prime given the track record of the stability of the primes is such a hot idea um i think that it is not for the faint of heart at this point sure Um, sure i did it because i'm just like you know because you're a man basically screw it yeah, because yeah. I'm a man. You're a man. Um, and men unlock their bootloaders, especially when the manufacturers hand them a nice little app to do it with. No more. So you don't actually have to run exploits and then, like, pray that yeah. it actually works and 
and that you're rooted? Well, no, and it's even easier than like I think the the way that you unlock the Nexus is pretty easy too, but it involves you know using command line or ADB. Um, this, I mean, you literally just agree to these terms, hit unlock, and it reboots it reboots your device, and you see it just like basically run like a little script that says congratulations, you're unlocked, and then wow. you know boots the operating system back up. Now, do you think um, that's how it should be? Yeah, that's how it should be. I think. I think so. If you but want, you should at least. The thing people got to realize. Yeah. Um, all I was going to say, the thing people got to realize is that as part of this application, um, like you, you have to like sign into your Google account to, because I'm assuming they're probably collecting your information, like your serial number and stuff, to say in the future, yeah, this guy agreed to it, and you know, if his tablet breaks, screw him. He doesn't. He's does not get to win. Huh? You lose. You get you know nothing. That's right. You know, I think that's I think like to me that seems like that's very fair. I mean, I, I think it's a fair trade off, and I think it's probably one that consumers are going to have to make to say, um, uh, if we want to mess around with our system operating systems, we are giving up our warranties. But you that's know I mean? fine. I, I think but that's fine. Hold on, though. What? Why? What does me messing with my operating system, with my software, what does that have to do with the warranty on my hardware? Well, is this for do, over? Because you, you could for overclock your CPU. Okay. You could do all sorts of things. Plus, oh, hold on, hold on. It has nothing to do with your operating system damaging your hardware, and it has everything to do with cost control for customer service. Uh, yeah, right. That, and that's another great point. I have no problem with that either. Really? Right? If you if you mess around with your operating system and then call in and try to be like, "Oh, my thing froze," they don't. That's not their responsibility at that point. But in my when, opinion, if you were to poll all of your hardware manufacturers and found out what they got the majority of their calls on, I think you would find that it was software related, not necessarily Microsoft Windows or the Macintosh OS, uh, but but it was software related, either the operating system or a piece of software that the manufacturer loaded on or some incompatibility with another software package the user is trying to use. And all of that adds up to money that they have to train and deploy and have people and infrastructure around to answer calls. And if all of a sudden you're going to have people calling in and asking questions about the the latest build of Cyanogen mod that they just put on from the nightly repository that right. doesn't work. Well, that's outside of the scope of their support. But if it has to do with just their stuff, I mean, is it why not? I mean, I get no, why not. They're looking for any way they can get out oh, sure. of having to provide a warranty because it's a gray area. And right. then, no, I think I don't even think how that's gray at all. I mean, like, what if you're what if you're installing Cyanogen and then you get into a, like a blue screen of death? I know that's Windows, but something like that, you know. And the then you're like, loop? oh, my my tablet froze, <laughs> oh, and yeah. it won't boot and it won't do anything. And then they have to walk you through this stuff, and it creates a lot more support. And I think it, I I think that it totally makes sense. For do them you to, though also to walk you out? But listen, Here's what I'll say. I think okay. that it, it's not ready for a sl- – I wouldn't give them a slam dunk on this because I, I personally think it does take it a little bit too far. To Matt's point, it is very liberal in saying that no matter what, if, if your tablet stops working, you have no support. You might as well just you know, go um, chuck it in the trash and spend another 600 bucks. Well, and the only reason I, I, I say a- that is because of what's happened with these primes. Like people, we all spent a lot of money and a lot of people that, that, oh. p- that thread that I wrote about in the prime review is almost to 200 pages now. 
Like it just maybe keeps going sh- with more people that are getting these unstable. It primes. may be it may be a good time to buy like um, a third party warranty then and see what they have. You know, if they have some sort of a like Square Trade or something I don't like, that. like I don't know what they're... Well, I have a problem with relying on warranties for devices that I spend more than $500 on. Like, how about you just make it work? Is that too much to ask? Apple seemed to have figured it out. What's the problem? Oh, but you're talking about... But right now we're talking about installing a, like, a CM7 or something or CM9 on it, right? Well, right. But what I'm saying is that it, it voids your warranty for everything. So I'm saying you do that. That had absolutely nothing to do with what's wrong with your Prime. But because you happen to have done that and because Asus had problems with all these and you happen to get a bunk one, now you have no warranty. But the one You're thing right. has that, nothing that is to do, a bad situation. and that's what I'm and saying. I don't know, because that's. But what's, I don't know any way. I don't know any way for them to well, not have that happen, except to test their products and not rush them. Don't, well, the other problem oh, mean, is is that they can't. I mean, d- you d- mean d- hardware d- to pull the cop out that Microsoft has always used. We cannot possibly test every configuration. Well, and, and sure, and that's that's okay. There, I'm going to say that there, Microsoft had way more variations than we see with even the the fragmentation of of the different devices that Android's on. Well, that's that's very true. But you don't but, have okay, people building their own scenario. phones. Let's know? say you put you buy a brand new device, you load it with the latest version of. Um, I'm just going to pull Cyanogen mic because it's a big name, um, and it Use has justice. overclocking built into it that runs the device too hot, and you smoke a processor. Um, the now whose fault is that? Is that th- th- there's blame that goes all the way around? It, first of all, it wouldn't have happened if you hadn't put that uh, software on the phone. Uh, it wouldn't have happened if the um, overclocking was either able to shut itself off or be disabled or, or if there was a bug in it. Or um, if maybe you made a processor that had some better thermal gel on it. Hmm? Or, How about right, that? Okay, Quit so being the, greedy. There's your, there's your three layers of blame. Sure. But the catch is, is that the hardware manufacturers are going to tell you this is certified to run on this device within exactly. these parameters. Right, right. And if you go outside those parameters, the warranty is void. So, therefore, by taking it outside of their parameters, you have, in effect, removed it from what they will get warranty or guarantee will work. Right, regardless right. of if it was causation or correlation, if what you did had right. anything to do with the the problem in the end, just the fact that you, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if if I overclock the, the the processor running in this computer right now and blow it up, yeah. uh, which is likely, by the way, because it's not designed for overclocking, um, and in in the the CPU melts into a, a big thing of slag. Uh, am I going to go back to Intel and say, hey, look, you made a crappy processor. Am I going to go back to the manufacturer of the machine and say, hey, look, this is a problem? No, and they all have no. their standards and everything they're, that they're made at. You know, I, I'm going to go and, I, and I'm going to assume responsibility for this. The problem is, is the manufacturers cannot assume that everyone is going to assume responsibility right. for their actions, particularly if they claim, well, I didn't know it was going to do that. Yeah. Well, no, you didn't, but you did go past a warning label that said that this was possible. What were you going to say, you know, Seth? I was going to say, you know, something I love about Android is that we do have this, these flexibilities, right, to to take what I consider what, – what, what, this is what I see the, the best purpose of CyanGen or something like that is, is to take hardware that's a little bit outdated, so maybe past the warranty. I know, I know this isn't a perfect solution, right? But um, for the first year, most of these phones will do pretty much everything you want. Sure. You know, and 
And then for the second year, right, once your warranty is gone, then putting Cyanogen on it offers you another year or two years of functionality. Right? Well, like and I'm, even think I'm about it. Android Incredible, that's, that's still, I love it because I've got Cyanogen mod on it. I'm looking to put CM9 on it. But, Hopefully that I'll be able to handle it. I don't know. But think about but this way. The only... Go ahead. Think about it this way. The only major change in hardware besides cores on the processors that we've seen was the addition of a front-facing camera. And so if you're using this legacy hardware, like my Droid X, it's running CM7, and I still use it every day as my podcast player. It just sits because, you know, Samsung hasn't made a real car dock yet for the Nexus. But there's no front-facing camera. So right there, it lost a lot of its functionality, especially with, you know, Hangouts and Skype and Gtalk and all that stuff taking advantage of it. But now that you have all of these generation devices that have front-facing cameras, I can't really see another big step in hardware change that's going to make these outdated like you what are you going to you can put a front facing microphone or like there's there's nothing that they're going to add to it now it's going to be all about your accessories like th- this other article that Bogdan oh. wrote about those Google glasses mm. like it's going to start being about that because the phones uh, uh, are to a point where you can't improve yeah. on it anymore you know Matt but the problem is is that like we can use that same argument with anything that's ever come out right computers like you know how much computing power do we need? It doubles every what year? Isn't that the isn't that that guy's rule? I forget the rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what's uh, his? Uh, no, it's that guy's rule. Thing. We'll just leave it at that. God, yeah, I can't believe I can't even remember power. that now. Wow. Yeah. So the exponential I mean, like, thing. But still, yeah. Like Moore's I law. Wanna, like, Moore's even right now. I'm running. I'm Moore. running like a quad core. It's Moore's law. I forget what it is. It was you know it's not an I. It's the versions before the I. And I'm thinking of upgrading to one of these new I sevens or whatever because. I always want I want to run Skyrim with a little bit better resolution, or I want to have my Photoshop you know process things a little bit faster. Um, and so that you know, like for these Android phones, will always be new programs, new games, new whatever. You know, a new Ubuntu. I want to run Ubuntu on a, you know my screen, and I can only do that with a quad core Tegra three or the new Exynos that's coming out with the new quad core Exynos. By sure. the way, uh, Seth, that would be a core two quad. Ooh. Um, ooh. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah, and geek, you because I have geek, one. Geek, and geek. by the way, just for not to get into this week in PCs, no, uh, but you would see a huge difference between the i7 and the Core 2 Quad, not just because of the fact that it's a newer chip with a higher clock speed, but because the Core 2 Quad has two physical cores and two virtual cores. I, I did not know that. And What's up now? So it is a quad core, <laughs> but it is a dual dual core, if you will. Well, in is other that words, like in terms of the hardware, it only thinks it has two cores, um, but then each two, each core can handle two functions simultaneously. Isn't that hmm. what the Tegra Three is doing? There, it's the quad core, but then it has that fifth core that's solely dedicated for the graphics. But it's not an actual core; it's like a virtual. Core, I think. Uh, kind of, sort of. Um, I, I think that the, the Core 2 uh, was kind of a cop-out. It was a way to say, hey, we got a quad uh, without right. actually... Having a quad. Rehaving to, without having to come up with a completely new manufacturing process, uh, which they did. And, and I mean, I've got a Core 2 quad. I love it. It's fine. It, it, there's nothing wrong with it. The, the, the approach works. But it is not a true quad. If you get into a bench test or you get into something like that, it will come out as the world's fastest uh, dual quad, a dual quad, <laughs> because it's got these auxiliary brains well, that will I'm, power it. But. Uh, right now, I'm, we again we don't get this this week in PC, but I'm 
I'm actually thinking of waiting but for the let's. new um, chipset, the 1066 or whatever. Ooh. I forget what that is coming Ooh. out. Nerd porn. I'm thinking of getting that new motherboard and seeing because it's like doubling the pins or whatever. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. But Do you anyways, think maybe um, if anyone should upgrade their hardware, you guys should maybe upgrade our uh, podcast recorder here? My my desktop. <laughs> I'm sick of playing Unreal Tournament 04. <laughs> like, come on. Half-Life 2. So, so that's all I was saying was that, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, but there'll always be some new program that needs a new quad-core, or you know what I mean, or the games will be pushing even higher. Or, but I do agree that, um, and like I was saying earlier, the great thing about these uh, Android phones is that you can push, these updates will push, the functionality years down the road, you know, if you can have a, you can have a dual core, you know, that galaxy Nexus will run. I mean, that'll run great. I bet for three years because, you know, it'll have CM nine on it and CM 11 or whatever. It'll get updated. And then, um, in ways that other phones are not able to. So anyways, that's all I was, that's all I was saying with that. In other words, you're not limited by the software provided by the manufacturer. You have options that as long as the hardware will, will keep going, uh, you've got you've got the ability to extend the software, and then ironically, that's how I feel an awful lot about Linux. Um, I just moved one of my customers from Windows XP uh, onto Ubuntu, and the 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 pitch I gave him was basically, look, we change out your operating system, you avoid this 2014 uh, death nail to Windows XP, you get additional security measures, you have to reinvent how you do things. Uh, but you can keep your existing hardware. We're talking about a couple. Of, we're talking about several hours of labor once versus having to shell out several hundred dollars for a new machine. And they they ran the numbers and they agreed. And then and then the last thing is that that's why I'm not so upset about this warranty stuff because to me it seems like for the first year just use your phone if you if you're worried about the warranty just use it enjoy it and then once that year is up near the end of your warranty then put CM whatever on it you know or put whatever uh, version of a custom ROM you want on it, and then have fun with it. Anyways, that's that seems to make sense to me. You know, Seth, I'll, I will make my just my one last comment here and, and say that <laughs> I would I, – I agree with a lot of what you're saying, that, um, you know, you, you take on some risk by doing this. Um, I would just like to see better verbiage, um, something that – because if you read the if you read the agreement when you're um, when you're unlocking uh, your prime, you're saying that the moment you unlock it, it is forever considered a, a modified device. So, so for if if I bought a you know like a, I bought a Dell and I decided you know screw Windows Seven, I'm going to just put Ubuntu on there, and I had problems. They're they're not going to say, oh well, too bad you don't have a warranty anymore. They're going to say, well, we need you to put in the recovery disk and put it back to our factory settings before we'll start helping you. And I think that that's probably a better, um, I think that's probably a better uh, approach to it rather than the, uh, well, too bad, you know, thanks for your money, go buy another one approach. Um, Cause I like to do lots of fun stuff. Like I like to play games on my, on my uh, tablet and some of those require root to do uh, certain things on them. So, uh, you know, I don't think I should have to lose my um well, my now, listen, warranty just because I want to root it or do something different. Now, what about what if they wouldn't have locked it in the first place? 
what like the you're not losing your warranty you're in essence accomplishing the same thing it's really just the act of them locking it and then you unlocking it that makes you lose the warranty if they would have shipped them unlocked in the first place like they should have been that way the normal users they're not going to even know and then the rest of us can do whatever we want with them that's fine and no one loses their warranty because you're not unlocking it it just seems weird that you know they're creating this this problem. You know, but the Matt, the unlocking thing is they want to know who unlocks it, so then they can get rid of their warranty. <laughs> I, exactly. Well, and that which comes, yeah, okay. So I mean, the, that's not. I doubt. I mean, they could leave them unlocked, but they want to know um, for all sorts of reasons. Maybe partly because of um, you know malware or whatever things like that. Again, I, I think malware is overblown. A malware is going to kill your locked device just as much as your unlocked device. We have custom ROMs for locked bootloaders just as much as unlocked. It doesn't matter. It's just it's a, so they know who to send the uh, the broken ones to the next time they come out. With the, one. the refurbed. So the Here next- you're gonna you're gonna root <laughs> it anyway, you jerk. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we we could milk this guy for twelve hundred. Yeah. <laughs> and check this out. I'm gonna sell him the super extra warranty and not tell him he's gonna lose it. That's brilliant. All right. Um, and then uh, there's uh one other Android post here. I wrote real quick about just some five games that are awesome, and I really just wanted to call attention to my mad screenshot uh cap skills. If you'll notice about halfway down uh the fine article here. Uh, five groovy Android games of the week. Uh, I talk about Frontline Commando, and you will see a screenshot there of me uh, getting a headshot in the game while taking the screen cap. And I, I just wanted to point that out. If you just take a look at that, and I'll, I'll, there'll be links to this in the show notes, but just look at that. Is it the, I think that it's just beautiful. It's like perfectly lined up. The The word headshot, it had just appeared, and I capped it, and there you go. So uh, I mentioned Sonic, some uh, fun puzzle games, just some fun things to do while you're chilling. Of course, a Tegra 3 only, Riptide GP. Love it. It's console. While we're on the it's a three. Listen, games. hold on, hold on, though. It's a $3 console quality game. Nice. That's all I'm saying. $50 for a game? How about $3 for a game? Hmm. So, what were you going to say? Well, while we're on the subject of games, um, I had a, uh, a contact uh, from uh, one of our listeners, our, my loyal friend Kyle ah, in yes. uh, Houston, and uh, he uh, wanted to give me a little bit more feedback on my uh, app pick last week, which was Pinball Deluxe Free. Um, he says, amongst other things, that it's one of the three games that he plays. He thinks it's awesome, probably the best pinball app uh, on Android, in his opinion. Uh, and he did want to confirm what we suspected, uh, which that the game does support accelerometers. Um, you can nudge and tilt the table with the accelerometer. Uh, he seemed to think that, at least on his hardware, it's a little twitchy. Uh, right. So he'd like the ability to turn it down, but didn't have that ability. No sensitivity uh, adjustment? Huh. Uh, not that he, he didn't mention that he had one. So I assume that either it's not there or it's buried somewhere where you couldn't find it. Um, but uh, he's he's pretty good. So I doubt that if it was there, I'm sure he would have found it. Um, on that same note um, that I got from him, he mentioned that he happened to wander into a store and got a look 
at the um let me see what was it the galaxy, the galaxy note? note that same note uh yes that same note uh, about the galaxy note i've heard um, rave reviews about it it's a and phablet it is a phablet a um phablet? it's a five inch uh and his comments sort of echoed ours which was uh, amongst other things it would look really stupid holding it up against your head uh however uh he said his last comment on the subject to me was i want one Really? Uh, that's what so, I've been hearing. Is it just gimmicky because it's a tablet that you can hold up to your head? I don't. I don't. Well, his only justification on that was that the screen was really nice. Um, I'm assuming uh, that it must have a very snappy uh, processor under the hood to drive a big screen like that. Um, but. I, I don't know that. Um, I haven't looked at the specs myself, but um, he's saying that, that 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 he really liked that particular piece of hardware. So I'm wondering. Um, granted, Kyle and, and like the rest of us are on the higher end of the technical echelon, um, and we have different expectations and needs. Uh, but perhaps there is something to this whole phablet thing. Maybe it's. I don't know. This uh this one here this is the LTE and I don't I don't know there's nothing like really that special about it I don't, I don't know I think it's the size I it's I, only a dual I've core I've always been a proponent of it's it's a dual core one five one point five gigahertz with a gig of RAM it's a it's a G- Galaxy Nexus it's a big Galaxy Nexus. Yeah, a 5.3 inch, 1280 by 800 screen HD Super AMOLED. Yeah, which I mean, 1280 by 800. In Jesus, that's seven. No, that's 1080, isn't it? No, it. W- no, is it? No, it, it would says have to that be. It will do 1080p at 30 frames per second for playback. Is that the can? Oh, for actual playback. For actual playback, so twelve eighty by eight hundred. That's I thought it had to be twelve eighty had to be the other number. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm probably wrong. Uh, never mind. Moving on. Yeah, but um, <laughs> that's cool. so. I mean, yeah, guys, remember the last time we tried to do math on this show? I know. And no, we did, we're like, not allowed kilobytes versus kilobits. <laughs> A- yeah, AOTA corporate said no more math on the show. Yeah. What do you mean AOTA corporate? The more like that was us afterwards. We're like, AOTA. dude, we totally screwed that <laughs> well, up. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're all on the board of AOTA corporate. No more math. Ah, no right. more math, guys. So moving on. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I can see what he's saying. I mean, you know, at uh, let me see here. I'm, I'm looking uh, according to Wikipedia 1280 by 800. So while you're the... looking that up, I got some pros and cons it, it here from, from Phone Arena, and they say the pros are the big display, the fast mobile data support, the LTE, the high pixel density. It's got over 250 pixels per inch, or 285 pixels per inch, I guess. Uh, high res display, 800 by 1280, supports special active stylus for input, dual core, very fast processor, 1500 megahertz, 1.5 gigahertz, uh, lots of RAM, a gigahertz, high res camera, 8 megapixels, and HDMI out. Uh, I mean, the, Matt, I, th- the I think cons? the general consensus about that is that people like it, it's just that if you can, if it's too big. I mean, every, I think every review is basically said the same thing. It's like, 
Yeah, it's got a nice screen. The note-taking is mediocre. No one really does note-taking with a stylus anymore, but maybe you'll like it if you have some sort of strange, unique need. If you're a doctor. And and uh, and then that it's really big in the hand, and only certain people will like that. It's getting so, wicked high ratings, definitely. Yeah, but, but again, I think a lot of people are like, but it's, do you it's think also very big. They, they, do you think people really like it because nobody's really, the, the, the general public hasn't really gotten into very many dual-core phones, really? And so they're getting this, and they're like, oh my god, it's so fast, when people like us who use the GeneX or you know any other mm-hmm. decent dual-core out there that were like, yeah, that's how it should be. No, well, I, think the people, I think the people that are viewing it know a good phone. And that I think everyone says it's a good phone if you like a huge phone. I almost feel like you know? this is some sort of a prank for somebody just to see a, a street corner in New York full of people looking like the Sims holding these giant phones to their heads, like big head code on. That's that's what I feel like this is. Well, you know, what's interesting is Saturday that, Night Live. I mean... It, I mean, it has to stop at some point. This, this, you know, the phones have been ever increasing. Since no, Android I want PCs. a phone the size of my 1920 by 1280 widescreen. That's I want to. I want to take this with me. That's my. Well, phone. that's what I mean. Is that eventually the cust- Like I think it's probably customer demand is driving this right now. Can we film? Eventually, like a- they're gonna. Uh, can Eventually, we, they're going to find a place where customers are like, "This is too big. We don't like it." Can we film and, a fake commercial of us like using our big <laughs> widescreen laptop or uh, desktop uh, monitors as phablets and like having a conversation with each other? That would be so well, great. I mean, we should do. I, that. No, I mean, I think that's kind of. I mean, if you, I mean, it'd be interesting to see them. like a um, you know, a graphic of like a line chart saying like you know, screen sizes over time. And I'm sure it's a very steep curve up, you know, saying, but it has to stop. Because the battery um, power goes down, and <laughs> the bigger the screen gets, the the Well, you, the can, quicker you can put a bigger burn. battery in, too, but it's just like, uh, I, I mean, there's going to be a size where it's to be. Like, for me, I think the Galaxy Nexus is probably a good size. I made, like, a 4-inch instead. But I, I also like the 4.3 that's nice. I oh, wait, no, a four six five. I mean, I think I made like one. a four three, not a four six five. But, um, but this seems too big for me. Uh, I would rather have a phone and then a tablet. You know, but maybe that's what I'm saying. One or, that, I like yeah. having the phone, having the tablet, being able to to set the phone as a Wi-Fi spot so the tablet can be online. Wrote a how-to on that on Groovy. It, there, it's just I don't. I like combining my devices, but I don't want to hold a big giant thing to my head. And well. I, I don't know. I don't hold my phone up to my head really either, but it it just I don't know. It's unnecessary. If for they me. coupled this with like a really good Bluetooth headset and obviously sure. a, a nice matching pocket protector, and a sp- I think it would be money. <laughs> like people would just money. flock to it. And those Google glasses. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I I gotta yep. say, um, as everyone knows, I'm famously a fan of the Nook, uh, the rooted Nook that I have. Um, this week, I got a smartphone. Um, it's a Revolution by LG. Um, despite what it's supposed to come with, it actually has 2.3 on it. Um, and this has a 4.3-inch uh, touchscreen. And it's weird. A 4-inch screen, 4.3-inch screen, you'd think would be big enough. 
Um, I actually thought it was a three-inch screen until um, I think it was Seth corrected me, and I went and looked at the specs and found he's right. It was a 4.3. But the usable area of the screen is not as large as the screen itself because there's a line of of icons down at the bottom. So the actual quote-unquote desktop that you can use is a little bit smaller. Um, That having been said... I don't know. It it feels smaller than four inches to me. Um, And I'm finding that certain things that work well on the Nook, uh, for instance, my infamous multiple rounds of Monopoly, uh, work really well on the seven-inch screen, but on the four-inch screen, they hardly work at all. Um, So I'm wondering if if a five-inch would be more useful. And despite all of the crap that people give styluses for people like myself that have uh, horrible handwriting um, and are not used to typing on a capacitive screen, but are used to holding a pen or other writing implement um, that stylus might actually be better. My HP tablet has a stylus and it's, I don't know that that's a poor example. Cause that HP tablet is just a terrible piece of hardware. The touchscreen is just awful, but there's something to be said for having a good stylus if you're an artist. Like, you know, that's cool. Photoshop. But not and, bigger than four inches. No, I, I, I wouldn't. Not the way I use it. It's just, I mean, it's unnecessary. It's wasted length. All right, uh, let's uh, let's do some app picks and wrap this thing up. It's getting really late. I know Eric's got to bounce out of here. Uh, Eric, what's the app picks for the week? Okay, so my app pick is called catlog so if uh cat dog if you've in catlog ah like a catalog just gotcha 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 yes so what catlog does is it uh it looks uh it basically shows uh like this log file that android keeps um it, it shows it to you in a nice you know colorful way so if you're let's say debugging your phone if you're running the latest version of cm9 and it just keeps restarting the phone randomly, like my phone. Um, you know, you can run catlog and save the log files and look to see what's screwing up. So you can nice. either fix it or tell the developers what's wrong. Nice, very helpful. So it's fun, and and some people actually have like their wallpapers are their uh, their log file. <laughs> yeah, like if you want to be really nerdy, I've seen that. But uh, this is sort of a cool thing. Did you say it had to be rooted? Obviously. Uh, I don't no, I don't think it has to be rooted because oh, okay. all it's doing is reading a file that's already written on uh, your phone. Right, right, right. So have fun. It's it's free, and I actually I really like this uh, this developer. He um, if you read his blog, he had a really interesting uh, encounter with Nintendo. Uh, I think Nintendo of America last year because um, he used to write this. Uh, he used to maintain this uh, Pokemon um, application. And they they came to him saying that it was copyright infringement. So it was just a really interesting uh, inside look at what happens when you get these takedown notices and things of that sort. Cease and desist. Very nice. That's right. Cool, man. Well, hey, have have a good uh, rest of your week, Eric. Yes. Yes. Thanks, gentlemen. Yeah. Cat dog. I'll see you later. Cat dog. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out. Awesome. Cat dog. Cat dog. God, I keep thinking cat dog. You ever watch that show? Love cat dog. Hey, cat. Ugh. All right, uh, Joey, what's your app pick? 
This week, I'm going with Fing Network Tools. That's F-I-N-G Network Tools. Uh, this is actually a uh, suggestion by Kyle. as uh, one that he uses. Fing uh, is as, great. In contrast to the network analyzer that Jeremy suggested, I think it was, it was either last week or the week before, um, one or the other, he, he suggested network analyzing suite. This one is very interesting. It only works on uh, Wi-Fi. It uh, so 3G or 4G or whatever useless. But I don't really think you'd want these functions on on uh, an internet connection anyway. Uh, well, now listen, it, that that's that's huh? certain phones and carriers that will work on. It, it's only certain ones that you can't get the um, the 3G and stuff to work. I think it doesn't work on Motorola's. It might work on Samsung, though, I think. Well, the thing is, is that most of these, I don't think that you would actually want or be able to run these because this, uh, it's it's really designed as a network testing suite. Right, but some of the 3G scanning stuff is pretty cool if, if you poke around with it. Well, I, I suppose it would be, but uh, for her, this was designed, I'm assuming, yeah. for uh, yeah. people that were internal to a network and testing it. Right. You know, it has network discovery, uh, it has ping, trace route, DNS lookup. Uh, it has the ability to trigger wake on LAN, um, and it can, uh, let's see here, it can do geolocation and does a whole bunch of other things that you can test. And, it, and it's cross-platform, actually. It's Linux, Mac, Windows, Android, iPhone, iPod, iPad, Kindle Fire, and the Cisco Cius, uh, whatever the heck that is. Um, uh, so this is, like I say, this design is a network testing suite. And according to him, it's it's the bomb for uh, network testing. Oh, yeah. Um, it, I haven't yet a, used it myself. I've used it quite a bit. It's a it's a really cool app, definitely. Mm. So, Fing. It's the Fing. Seth. Yeah. Uh, What's your app, brother? Yep, so my app pick this week is called Splash Top Desktop Remote or something like that. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, Another good one. So um, I'm, trying, I'm actually going to pull up right now to see the exact name. Yeah, it's just called Splash Top. And so it allows you to... Um, that was one of the free apps of the day, wasn't it, Seth? A, while, a long while ago, but yeah. But it's, it's great because it lets you log into your desktop and basically control your desktop. So, for instance, you know... Um, you know, like Hulu won't let you watch videos over um, your phone or something like that, but you can log into your desktop through Splashtop and then watch videos through that or anything else you can want to do in your desktop. So it's a great way to get around um, network controls, things like that, and basically use your uh, – and you, you can even do it away. Like you can even set it up so that I could be at a different Wi-Fi network you know, anywhere in the country – and still log into my own computer um, at my house and do everything through that. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah, do a little port forwarding, a little bada bang, bada bang. You're good to go. It's good stuff. Yeah, I've enjoyed it a lot. So very cool, very cool. All right, uh, my turn. I mm-hmm. I will also mention that if if you're just local on your local network, you can use ES File Explorer to access your media server. And then you can stream those with, to your tablet or your phone with my app pick of the week, which is, as soon as I find it, I always forget the name of it, but it's really awesome. <laughs> it's a stunning endorsement right there, folks. Mobo Player. Listen here. Mobo Player 
I'll tell you what. If you allegedly download your TV shows uh, from Torrents, Mobo Player will play all of those AVIs, DivX, XVID, whatever. So you can either copy your stuff using ES File Explorer to your tablet locally and then play it with Mobo Player, or what I like to do if your network's fast enough is you can just stream it to Mobo Player right from your desktop. And I, I, I fell asleep the other night watching Pawn Stars on my tablet, just laying on my couch like a slob. It was, it was very gratifying. But um, the quality, I mean, I've, I've been testing on the Galaxy Nexus and the, and the, the Transformer Prime, and it's, it's gorgeous. On the screen, you crank up the Super IPS, and it's, it's beautiful. So uh, Mobo Player, it plays all your movies and porn. And, and what whatever. what has the super ips is that what so, the uh, prime has yeah the prime's got that super ips plus so you can turn it on like super crazy bright for when you're outside in the direct sunlight but i use it for playing games or whatever watching videos and it, it makes it so much brighter turn it off auto and it's like boom <laughs> so yeah one quickie before we uh, exit for a stage left, as it were. Sure. I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Thank you, Eric, for throwing it in there. Barnes & Noble has released a Nook Tablet 8 gig, which is a direct competitor, uh, to at least in spec, uh, to the uh, K- Amazon Kindle Fire. Uh-huh. Um, and they are now offering that at a matching 199 price. So they're matching both the price and the amount of storage, and they have knocked my personal favorite, the Nook Color, uh, down to 169 uh, as a result of this. Um, that makes, for those that have low-end tablet needs, um, the $169 7-inch Nook uh, Color, if you can root it uh, either with an SD card or an internal ROM, that's a very good value. Um, put, and you can pick up refurbished ones uh, or second-hand ones even cheaper than that. Um, and that's an even better value. But if you want something with a warranty, one sixty nine out the door, not a bad price. Um, whether the Nook Tablet eight gig at one ninety nine is going to actually put any dent in the Amazon Kindle Fire, I don't know. Um, it, the, the one comment I always had was that the Nook was uh, the Nook tablets were a better tablet, but you paid more for them. Um, and I have been told by several people that the Kindle Fire was everything that they needed, and they didn't want to pay any more uh, for it. So perhaps this is going to fill uh, a gap in the market that Barnes and Noble currently didn't uh, didn't have before. So it almost seems like too that those are maybe two different demographics. I, I don't know. I don't think those the, 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 the those are the same people buying buying fires that are buying the the Nooks. Maybe I, I don't know. Well, I I think that it comes back to that age-old debate of would I want a Kindle Fire? No, I'd no. be frustrated with it. Exactly. Uh, with what with, with with what it couldn't do. Right. Um, but someone that didn't know what the possibilities were that got it and saw what it could do because what it could do it does well, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, the But the, we the would be trying is is very good on the right. Kindle Fire. There's we no would, question of it. We would be trying to get to do all this other stuff and it's just like so laggy and slow, but you know, who nobody else is doing that. So it's it's cool. I'd be like, "Where is my ability to put an SD card in this thing so I can put CyanogenMod mod on it?" <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but and Amazon uh, appreciates yeah, that. I, I don't know. I I think that that 
you may be quite right there that that that's the difference is that they're going for an entirely different demographic still calling it a tablet and and the irony is uh with everything with the exception of movies i think that the nook color can do it just as well as a kindle fire maybe the load times longer um but the actual experience is no different video there's a huge difference the nook, right. the nook color is definitely on the low end of the spectrum uh, for what you need for a seven-inch screen uh, to really drive it properly. But um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be interesting. And what's what's more interesting from from a business standpoint is you've got Barnes and Noble and Amazon literally going toe to toe at this point on tablets. Yep. Uh, and I think that this is going to put. Whether or not this is going to help Barnes and Noble or hurt Amazon, I think is is kind of down the road. Uh, but I think what it is definitely going to do is uh, put a, a, a bug in Amazon's uh, ear, as it were, that they need to come out with the Kindle Fire Two, right, um, right, which will probably I, I I would guess that what they'll come out with is something at one ninety nine. Or, uh, or at least an introductory price of one ninety nine, and it will probably have twice as much storage as the first one did, um, and that will just drive down the the, the prices of the original model um, and put a lot of pressure on Barnes and Noble to do something similar. Yep. Well, and I mean, if you think about, it, they're they're basically, I mean, other than the everything else Amazon sells. They're basically the same business. I mean, if you look at the bookstore side of it, you know, movies, books, games, that kind of thing. I think Amazon has, you know, all these other revenue streams coming in to kind of help it along in, in these times of losing, you know, a dollar on every fire it sells or whatever the case is now. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see our, our borders closed up or Barnes and Noble, wherever, wherever the hell it was called. Which was sad. I like going in there and looking at real books. It was nice. So yeah, the Barnes and Nobles are still staying open. Borders is the chain. That's what it was. Yeah, we had a Borders and it it went. Yeah, and I and I and I don't know. I think that Borders was less quick to embrace as uh, online as much as Barnes and Noble has. And Barnes and Noble, in my opinion, hasn't really done all that great of a job but they've done a better they did a better job than borders did they did just uh, a, enough more to <laughs> to stay up and yeah exactly but i ultimately i don't know if if any of them are going to be able to kick the butt out of amazon because it, as long as amazon puts that kindle fire on the front on the on its front page it's going to get people oh yeah hearing it. The, it just by the pure numbers of of the traffic it gets uh, yep. All right. Uh, before we get here, Seth, did you want to talk about the Motorola skin for ice cream sandwich and why this is? Oh just no, a- it's not a big deal. It's just um, well, <laughs> there's been some leaks that Motorola's build for ICS, and it looks like it's actually not that terrible. It looks like they toned down some of the motor blur stuff, but we'll only know when the actual phone comes out with it. So, uh, um, let's see. Oh, there's also released a new uh, version of. Uh, Cyanogen's Mod 9 for the uh, touchpad. Ah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to download and do that right after this is over. Very cool, very cool. Are you going to write about it, or we just talk about it next week? Or what? Oh, no, no, Eric, Eric already wrote oh, yeah, he um, did how to little. do it, Yeah, and yeah. he's already got it. But, so his was the version before this, so I'm just going to go play around with this new version. It's supposed to fix some of the video playback issues and some other things. Right, so. right. Very cool. And then, of course, the Asus uh, unlock tool, like we mentioned, uh, for the Transformer Prime. And I think the regular Transformer got its unlock tool a while ago, didn't it? So. Um, yeah, I think so. 
Google picked one of its own to run Motorola Mobility. Is that anything of interest to us? Is that no, weird? No, that's, that's just a move within is, is the that, company. Is that weird that... Say that again? It's probably a good move to make it actually a Google-run, you know, a Google-run company, right? I mean, it's not it's not Motorola anymore. I right. mean, it well, is, is Motorola, it, but it's like isn't Google. That, isn't that what we were all Google. hoping for, though, that Google puts more Google right, exactly. and less Motorola in at least the Android side of it and the devices yeah, that... that's exactly We're all hoping that. So, in my opinion, this is hope, hopeful, you know what I mean? But we'll see what happens. Right. And then Eric, uh, that's too bad he left before we could talk about this, but he, he put this in. Uh, it's poweredbygen.com. It's a little Android robot USB cell phone charger, and this is just the cutest thing. So I just wanted to mention that. Thank you, Eric. It has movable arms and flexible antenna, light up blue eyes uh, when they're charging, white when it's on standby. Comes with its own standing cable. Very cool. <laughs> it's so awesome looking. How are you guys enjoying your Android beanies by our friend Julie? Handmade of awesome. Loving it Ooh. still. I wear mine every day at work, and people still are like, I love that beanie. It's if a little too hot down here for me to wear it a lot. But oh, I, I'm it's, sorry. It's pretty sweet. I was outside in 10-degree weather today, so you know where you can go, Seth. <clears throat> anyway. No sympathy for me either. It's freaking freezing. I know, here. right? This guy living the Southern Cali lifestyle. Jeez. Such a diva. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the LG phablet. Did we mention that? No, but... The View. Uh, the uh, View. Yet another phablet, and we're still well, not convinced the phablets are working. The interesting thing about the LG one is... And we got we should wrap this up soon. I got to eat. <laughs> the interesting thing is that it's called the VU. No, no, no. Is that it's 4.3? It's It's... It's it's almost square. I oh, mean, it's weird. not square, but it like no, yeah. When you compare it to a normal phone, it almost looks square. It's so yeah, that's weird. Huge. What what is the purpose of that aspect? No taking. Ratio? I think I think they're just trying to find something unique and it's almost like a trying, little newspaper kind of like a small even bigger. News- it's re- it's almost like a it really is like a tablet. And it's uh, got it's that no longer phone at all. It's like tablet size. It's so just, it's, it's a, almost a square. It's, it's really a five a five inch IPS, ten twenty four by seven sixty eight. That is a square. My LCDs over here for the desktop. Those two are are that's that's the Windows XP basic screen size, ten twenty four by seven sixty eight. You know, back in the day, that's your basic square res. That's crazy. Uh, One point five gigahertz dual core Snapdragon, Android two three, of course. Uh, might be running 4.0 soon. Stylus input capable with stylus-friendly applications built in. Thanks, LG. Uh, 8 megapixel rear, 1080 HD, they think. 1.3 front, 650 nits brightness on the display, mirroring the super bright display that our primes have. So, I don't know. I'm sure we'll be seeing more of these. That is a, a kind of an interesting um, ratio. But, all right. Uh, I think that was it. It's been a great show, guys. Very cool, very cool. Thanks for joining us, Eric and Seth and Joey. Oh, it was don't fun. forget our special guest, Seth's hair. And Seth's hair. <laughs> and hopefully Jeremy will be back with us next week. Uh, meanwhile, check out our site, attackoftheandroids.com. You can leave us a message, 406-204-4687. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Radio, and check out everything we're writing over on groovypost.com and a new domain, .net. So uh, Seth's online. You can find him on the site. Links are there. Joey's online. Find him there and me. 
And uh, me and Joey will be doing the Buffer Overflow show on Tuesday. And we'll do this thing again on Thursday. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll uh, catch you online. Bye-bye. It's Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids dot com.